Welcome to Two Humans Talking, the podcast where we discuss the challenges of staying healthy in today's modern, fast-paced world. I'm Tiffany Sims, your burnout recovery expert and holistic wellness coach, and today I have the honor of bringing to you Kendra Johnson. Kendra, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much, Tiffany. You are so welcome. Why don't you (laughs) tell the people a little bit about you? Who is Kendra? Where do you live in the world? Oh, cool. Okay. Well, um, in a nutshell, my name is Kendra Johnson. I am a teacher coach and I am a teacher by day and coach at night. Uh, I've been a teacher for about 22 years. I am born and raised in Dallas, Texas, but I actually live in Abu Dhabi, which is a stone's throw away from Dubai. They are not in the exact same space. They're just um, right next to each other, like a sister city. So I live in Abu Dhabi and I've been here for nine years. Um, I show up in the world really, really basically to send a message to anyone. And educators are my forte because that's my wheelhouse. But just to anyone who is, who anybody who's listening that, you know, that burnout is a real thing in the world we live in now. Um, it didn't used to be a buzzword as much as it is now. But now, because it's an issue, it's like people like me kind of tend to pop up more often because I'm here to help people get balanced in their everyday life. I'm an author, a speaker, a grandmother, <laughs> and I love speaking on stages. I absolutely love talking about all things teaching, all things education. So this is a little it's bit about me. life. <laughs> yeah. Just finding your way of thriving in the world. Yes. I love that. So you said teacher. What yeah. grade are we? I, elementary, college, in between? Like what grade? <laughs> Where are we at and what do we teach? Currently, I'm in grade five, and I've taught everything from grade four all the way up to grade eight in my 20-year tenure. So right now, I'm grade five, um, and I love it because it's that right there at that age where they're very impressionable, but they're not so, you know, headstrong that you can't, you know, reason with them. You know, I had always said for a very long time that if I didn't have to worry about, this is going to sound so bad, but at the time, I was like, if I didn't have to worry about paying my bills... I would be a middle school science teacher because I felt like there's they're advanced enough that we can talk about like bigger concepts, but still kid enough that I could like Mm. decorate the classroom, make a fool of myself and the messages would still stick. They might make fun of me, but they would still Mm. like, like it would click for them. Um, That, or I would be somewhere in a swamp doing like year round summer camp, like (laughs) environmental sciences. Gotcha, yeah, so gotcha, awesome. yes. What, yes, I do love What do you teach? I do, I do, I do teach stuff, uh, science. science. Science and math, I do. I teach uh, science and math. And just like you said, I get to be silly. I get that, uh, today, what was I doing? Rotation. I got to twirl around and someone was the sun and I was the, someone was the moon and I was, I was the earth and I would show them rotation and rep versus revolution. I did that today. So yeah, you get to be silly with them. That's why I like grade five because they're still silly. They like yeah, being silly. It just reminds you how to be fun. I think yes, it does. It keeps you young. Everybody always gets me. um, Oh, you're a grandmother? Yes, because I teach children all day. So it keeps me young. Yeah, I think as adults, we're we forget how to play. Yeah. And then we're inconvenienced and agitated when kids are playing because it's like. But anyway, I digress. (laughs) Kendra, tell me, I we always start the podcast. We always ask our guests. Like, what okay. does healthy mean to you? Oh, wow. Um, it's a, that's a big question. But in a nutshell, when you said that, when you asked that earlier, I was like, healthy. Healthy means 
balanced. Balance. Yeah, balance to me. Balance means that, you know, you're not too far to the left or the right because it's unrealistic for you to say, well, I'm going to go through the rest of my life and not be stressed. You know, I don't teach that in my workshops. Or it's, it's, it's unrealistic to say that I will always be happy, you know? So it's just like, it's a balance in everyday life. You know, not even when you're having a quote unquote bad day, there's always something good you can find in it. So being grateful for things and being balanced is to me being healthy. And I do mean healthy um, mentally, emotionally, financially, and physically. There's different areas of health and being healthy. I knew, I knew that we were going to connect today. I feel very similarly. Um, I agree. I also believe, I believe in harmony between your health, your relationships and the way you mm -hmm. earn money creates a truly healthy and whole person. Cause without one or the other things, like you said, they're, they're out of balance, they're out of harmony. Mm -hmm. And then you're just not living at your best. You're worried about things. Your body's not operating the way it needs to. So then you're a little slower than you'd like to be. I love that. Yeah. Um, is it different? Is that version of healthy different than maybe 10, 20, 30 years ago? Yeah, I think so. I think what, the first thing people think about when they thought about health 30 years ago was food and physical health. But now mental health is just, it's in the forefront, but it's always been an issue throughout mm -hmm. time and history. It's always been an issue, but now it's sort it's starting to take the forefront because again suicides have gone up, depression has gone up. During the pandemic, I heard a statistic: seventy-seven percent of people were depressed. I was one of those people, um, and so um, now mental health is mental health is a thing. Whereas I don't remember that being ever a thing. One thirty years ago, twenty years ago, uh, even fifteen years ago, I don't remember it being a thing. But I literally, literally now call my days off. When I have to take a day off, mental health day. That's a mental wellness day for me. I usually, you know, you used to just call it what? Shooting hooky. Remember that? You used to call it shooting hooky. You weren't sick, but you didn't feel like going to work. But today yeah. you have an actual term for it and it's justified. You can even get an excuse from the doctor if you need it. So those things are changing for the good. It's just, unfortunately, it's not changing fast enough for certain people. And certain people really don't catch on to the fact that, hey, you know, I'm not okay up here. Everything's fine physically. I'm not okay up here. I'm crying a lot or I, you know, not getting enough sleep and things like that. And so now they're catching on, like, maybe I can call somebody and see if I can, you know, get some help. But I remember that was the language that we it, used. I love that you called it a mental wellness day. I, that feels so empowering compared to like, I need a mental health day. Like a mental health day feels really heavy and like, I like, um, I'm being consumed by the world. I'm about to just crawl in the hole and give up. And I feel like in some days, like I've been there, I've yeah. been there. And, but I just feel like the mental wellness day just feels really empowering. Even if I was feeling like I was being consumed by the world and I needed a True. timeout, it just feels like I'm in control of this timeout. <laughs> like, I like that a lot. I wrote that down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just, my business. Oh, go ahead. No, how I was going to say, yeah, how did you come to really finding a passion for and diving into this, like the concept of burnout and talking about it? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know what it was 10 years ago and I was going through it and didn't really know what it was. And then I did something very, very drastic. I was drowning, like you said before, in the sea of stress of being a teacher and I was just not doing well and, and I was losing the battle every day. 
I was not, I was fighting the good fight, but I was losing the battle, meaning I would go to work crying. I'd cry on my lunch break. I cried home. I cried. I literally be in my car with like, I don't want to go in there today. And I just couldn't take it. And I, I knew that I wasn't my best self. And um, I asked for help and I wasn't getting it. My friends were, they were very, you know, oh, it's just part of what we do. You just have to tough it out. And I'm like, I don't know if I can tough it out. So I didn't have that. I didn't have that word burnout until maybe about seven or eight years ago. I did something very, very drastic. I do not recommend this to all of my clients at all, which is, you know, pick up and move to another country. Well, I did because. Is that how you I ended up like, over by Dubai? Yes. You're just like, yes, I'm that's out. exactly how. I took a job that I, that I was, no, I just took a job. I was like, yes. As soon as they called me, I was like, yes. I didn't even fill out that application all the way. And they called me and said, we need science and math teachers here. This is how much we'll pay you and we'll pay for housing and you get free, you know, medical and dental. Oh, yes. Sign me up. And I was Please in the middle of everything. You put a map on the board on the wall with a dart and you were just like, that's where we're going to go apply for Didn't jobs. even know where I was going. Didn't even know what an Abu Dhabi was. They hadn't even watched Sex in the City. How too. did you find that? No clue. Then? It came in on my um, LinkedIn. And they were saying, you know, apply here. They had that those four magic words, you know, teachers needed, apply within. So I did. And <laughs> And I didn't think I would, I, I never thought they would call me back. They called me back with, I halfway filled out the application and did not finish it. And they called me anyway and asked me for an interview and asked me to finish the, the application over the phone. And this is how much we'll pay you. And it's tax free. And I was like, I'm good. I'm good. And this is, I was in the middle of it. I think I was on a medical leave actually from being stressed out. And I was like, yeah, sign me up. I didn't know what I signed up for. I had no clue as to what I signed up for. Then I went to the interview, got the job, signed the contract. And I was like, what did I just get myself into? I think I have to quit. So I quit. <laughs> I think um, I'm going to have to move. I think I'm going to have to move and sell all my stuff. How's this going to work? And it had three months to get it together because they sent me my ticket about two months after my contract date. And I was like, I think I have to get all my stuff together. And I think I got to tell my family. And I think I, and it, it just kind of overwhelmed me at first. And then I didn't really, it didn't really hit me until I got off the plane. But you oh, know I live here. Years? You know, what's interesting is you're like, I don't know that I recommend it, but the one thing that I think I would recommend is that you were open to new possibilities because you were open to making a change and being in control of that change. And I think that's really powerful. So maybe not like just throw up your hands, no, no plan at all. But like Mm -hmm. when you're in those positions, being open to gifts that may be coming into your world and opportunities that could be coming your way, that are the answer for you overcoming whatever it is. Absolutely. Right. And so I tell my, I tell people like when you're in this situation, what I try to do is give them clarity because I didn't have that. I I was just like going with the motion. It's kind of like, this is what I was going to say earlier. It's kind of like having your water right here. And you're about to drown. It's right there. It's just like bobbing up and the and waves down. are doing this. The waves are going like this, going like this, going like this. And you can't figure out what to do because you're trying not to drown. But when you're calm and settled and your mind is clear, you make better decisions. Now, I didn't make a bad decision, but I made a decision based on uh, statistics. I started looking around me while I, you know, in the middle of everything, I was like, if I go to another school, it's going to be the same crap because I live in Texas and they, they are so backwards in education. So I'm like, it's going to be the same crap everywhere I go. And there's nowhere I can go where I can get away from racism here. So what am I going to do? <laughs> Let me do something different. But I don't recommend that the client simply because sometimes the stress that we're experiencing, this is, this is key. 
the stress that we're experiencing is self-imposed and self-inflicted because we don't know that Say we are for not <laughs> sometimes the stress and the, the burnout we're experiencing is self-inflicted and self-imposed because we're putting all this stress in, on ourselves to be what they want instead of figuring out what we want and so that was happening to me but I didn't know that yet that, that wasn't I wasn't there on that part of the journey yet so as soon as I get off the plane and I get here and I get into the position that I'm here in now I started to see the same patterns over and over and over again that's when I figured out it's me I got to figure out, I got to figure out how to tell these people that no, I'm important and I'm going home or no, I'm not taking that work home today. And no, I'm not grading those papers and no, I'm not letting these kids work, work my nerves or their parents. I'm not going to let them bother me. So when I learned how to say no to everybody else and say yes to me, that is when I figured out what the balance is. That's the reason why I don't recommend all the way just doing what I did, even though they always think that's the answer. It absolutely is not because if you are the problem, you bring that problem with you and you can cry and be miserable and stressed in another location and it won't make a difference. I've seen people do that here. It won't make a difference coming here if you are the person that does everything. Yeah. I just have to do everything. But it's still a fact. (laughs) And I was just talking about this last week and it's, you know, when you realize that you're burnt out, that's your body's way of like, it's been giving you the warning signs and flags yes. here and there and you've ignored them. Like, oh, it just means I need to push harder because I'm just being lazy. I'm this, that, or another. But like, and let me know if you agree. Like, it's those warning flags of like, hey, we're out of harmony. Something's mm-hmm. not right. And sometimes, like, and like you said, changing jobs after the honeymoon phase wears off all the habits that you had and characteristic traits that allowed you to get pushed into burnout yeah. are still there. So once that phase, you are still, you don't know how to hold boundaries appropriately. You don't know mm-hmm. when to be the team player and when to remove yourself because you don't know which opportunities you should be saying yes to and which ones you should be saying. That's not my okay. responsibility. That's exactly. for someone else. And so, like, you've got to learn those skills so that you can be successful in that next opportunity. Absolutely. And then what 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 you and I probably do is help people learn those skills because no one teaches us that. So I'm a teacher by nature. So anything I learn, I pass on. So that's my natural inclination is like, oh, let me show you what I learned. And so I just turned it into a business. But I was always a mentor teacher for somebody because of, the vet, you know, my status as a veteran. But. I just started like, hey, I'm doing this for free. Mm-hmm. I'm taking phone calls for free and I'm teaching people these things for free. Oh, Miss, Mrs. Kendra, thank you for helping me. And I'm doing that for free. So I just started into a business. But I like what you said about um, being a, the triggers and what, what the triggers are sometimes are uh, when my physical health started to be affected. That's when I was like, oh, enough is enough. Enough is enough. I went to the doctors. I went to the emergency room six times in one year. I went to the hospital in April of that year. And that's when I was like, that's it. I have to do something different. I, I got to either stop working or, you know, take a sabbatical or something. I do something different so I can figure out what's going on with me. Because now I'm losing touch with, you know, my, I got high blood pressure, <laughs> low iron. You know, uh, um, I was breaking out in hives because of the stress. I, I had uh, really, really bad eyesight. It's It was weird. I was, all these medications I was on was giving me, um, cataracts in my eyes I was um, fainting at least once a week at least once a week now if that's not a clue I don't know what's what is 
That's and, and that is intense. And so I was having all of these issues that weren't necessarily related, but the, at the center of the wheel was stress, period, stress, 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 stress. How, stress. Long so now, you, how long would you say your body was trying to tell you something was wrong before? Two full years. Two full exactly. years. I, I wasn't gaining weight. I wasn't uh, eating properly. I wasn't sleeping properly. I was taking pills for everything. And it wasn't clicking that all of these things are related to your your work, your job. You know, I was a horrible friend because I couldn't keep appointments, couldn't keep up with anything after because I was so exhausted from work. And and I was meeting the meaning my personal relationships were being affected as well. So um and when I look back on it, I'm like, wow, I didn't catch it in time. Oh, but you know, but I'm proud of myself for at least taking the initiative to say, I need to do some work on me. Yeah. I need to figure out what's going on yeah. with me and why. Uh, how did I get here? How did I get here um, yeah. to this space? And so yeah. I wrote everything down and I journaled it all. And I uh, looked back over my notes and it started to get better. But those, those three things that I did, uh, Tiffany, was... Of course, I did the work for myself. I said, enough is enough. But I also went and sought out uh, mental health professionals. I am not too proud. Never have never have I ever been too proud to say, I'm not doing well. Can you help me? And I knew that that person, um, the mental health professional, the psychiatrist that I was going to see was going to give me something for, you know, the depression because I was up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down crying. I can't cry every day. I can't cry every day. I have to, there's, there's something not right with I'm crying every single day and I can't seem to maintain the, 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 the heaviness or that I can't seem to maintain happiness. I try to get it every once in a while, but I can't seem to fix it. So I knew that they would help me do that. But I also had an accountability partner, someone I would call once a week. Hey, can I call you once a week? And we may, arranged it and made agreements to call each other. Can I call you once a week and let you know what I'm doing? And they said, sure. And that person just happened to be a friend of mine and she is a psychologist and she checked in on me and I told her what was going on. She said, why don't you think about doing this? And why don't you think about doing that? And it's okay to say no. She gave me permission to do that. And I so I would ask her permission if she would mm-hmm. be open to being that person for you. Yes, we made an agreement. Unloading on her. I think that's a really good, healthy friendship boundary because sometimes our friends want to be there for us, but they don't have the capacity to be that type of board for us it doesn't mean they don't love us but like giving your friend an opportunity to say like yes i can handle that job or like i can't be that support for you right now but i am here for you like is so important i love that i also love what you said and i think this is also really important because i've had my fair share of on and off of medications to help with my brain chemistry Mm -hmm. but i'm a big advocate of the meds only work if you do the work while taking them, like yes. in the process, right? Like they're not just this Band-Aid. Yes. Fix all <laughs> because like without the work, it's not your body isn't re-regulating itself to help produce the chemicals you're lacking because you're mm-hmm. like in adrenal failure. Yes. Like, so your body's not producing all the chemicals it needs. And so if you're not doing the work to help alleviate some of the stress and cellular dysfunction that's happening, then they can only go so far. And then you find that the meds stop working and then you play the med game and that's his own like version mm-hmm. of the flamey pits. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I get you. Mm-hmm. It's really, yeah, it's it, the meds, the meds don't work unless you work. With, it's just like, it's like anything else. And I'm luckily, luckily I don't mind doing research and things like that. 
and what you said about you know brain chemistry, all about that. I, mean, I was all about that. But it's like taking um, you know Tylenol or taking anything over the counter if you don't get the rest and drink the water and you know eat eat, eat healthy and that those pills you know you're just going to keep taking them over and over and over. And they're going to yes. do it. They're not going to be able to do their job. So I, I love that analogy. I love mm -hmm. that. Like if you're getting a headache because you're dehydrated, taking the mm -hmm. Tylenol without adding the water to rehydrate mm -hmm. yourself, you're not really you're masking it. Really yes helping the problem. Yes, yes. So I, you know, and again, what works for me might not work for everyone, but you have to do work. It, it's just, it's, it, you have to do work. And what I tell teachers is that you do all this planning for other people. You plan for kids, you plan for parent uh, meetings, you plan for, you know, your principals coming in. You do all that planning for everybody else, but you need to make a plan for you. You need to have you on your schedule. You need to find time for you every single day. If you're planning, you know, oh, I have an activity I want to do for my kids. Oh, me too. I have an activity I want to do for myself. When these kids, you know, when they leave the classroom, I do yep. these, you know, mind breaks and vacation on my in my brains and things like that to help me, you know, stay focused and stay um, regulated. And again, what's the key word for me and healthy is balanced. Yep. No, and I'm not always having a great day. Our own health. Yeah. No one else can do that for us. And if we're not at our best, how are we supposed to perform under the demands of us, our excellence? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, checking out of work while a lot of us daydream about that, like that's not really yeah. fulfilling either. It doesn't yeah. actually feel good to know that you're underperforming because you've like checked out. Like that is yeah. it's also feels crappy. Yeah, I wrote a, um, an article yeah, for LinkedIn called Quietly Quitting. Everybody calls it that. So I told, I told my story in my version of quietly quitting. Yep. And I said, you're not doing anybody any service by quietly quitting. What you're doing is saying to the world that, you know, I've checked out, I've unplugged. So what, but if you're unplugged at work, what are you plugged into? So if, even if I'm checked out at work, I, you know, then I'm not, I wasn't plugged into anything else is my point, was my point. I wasn't plugged into anything else though either. I checked out my personal life. I checked out in relationships. I checked out you know, with church and God, and I had checked out on everything. I was just in a funk, and I couldn't figure out what that meant. And so that burnout word finally came to, to light, and I was like, ah, oh, you know, that's what I, I was experiencing. Dive into that a little bit for someone who hasn't, maybe doesn't ha know that that's the word that burnout is the thing they're feeling. What does feeling checked out, being checked out, feel like? Like, what did that feel like for you? Like, if you don't mind telling the stories of things that you noticed more a little bit more detail maybe physical sensations that you might have had in your body um things like that because i don't think that unless you've experienced it yeah oh for a long enough time you may not recognize that this is what's actually happening to you right well uh i spoke to um um one of my coaches because uh, coaches need to be coached and mentors need to be mentors sometimes yeah we do <laughs> she was telling me how stress is temporary Stress is temporary. It just goes, it comes and it goes, it comes and it goes. But burnout is something that you're not getting away from. You can't, you wake up with it, you go to bed with it. And what it felt like was I lost my complete passion for everything. I'm an extremely passionate human being. I, my, my passion bubble is right there at the top on everything. That means when I'm happy, I'm really happy. I dance, I sing in the grocery store, everything. And, but when I'm sad, I'm very sad. It's like, please don't bother me right now. I'm sad. And when I'm angry, I'm very angry, you know, to the point where, you know, you worry for me sometimes. I have a temper. But that's just because I'm a passionate human being. I, you know, I like life. 
But when I was in that space, I didn't recognize any of that in me. I didn't recognize myself. I didn't recognize my friends said like, we're worried about you and things like that. I, I was not who I used to be. I wasn't who I wanted to be either. I was just in, the, in that place. Uh, physically, physically speaking, I just could not get the endorphins to move in my body. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't figure out a way. You know, I need chocolate. You know, I, I was eating and, and, and I was uh, trying to get some sleep. My dreams, I remember this I like it was yesterday. My dreams were nightmarish. I'd wake up just in a cold sweat just because I couldn't even get away from the stress of my dreams because that's because my heart was, was, was pumping over, over time and it was sending too much, you know, blood to my brain and it was just like fight or flight in my brain. And even in my dreams, I was running away from everything. So it was, it, it shows up in different ways to different people. But for me, physically, emotionally, and mentally, I couldn't keep my head straight. I'd be in a fog all day. I'd drive to work, don't know how I got there. I'd forget to eat. I'd walk into the rooms. I know people would do this game where you walk into the room, like, why did I come in here? But that was mm -hmm. happening like every other hour. Every other hour, I'm like, where'd my pencil go? I had a pencil, where'd it go? That was happening too, way too often for me to be 37 years old, right? And then my hair was coming out. Um, in droves I could not get my hair to grow and it was coming out and it was um, I had patches of hair missing and so that's the physical but then emotionally speaking the crying I'm not a crier I'm a tough girl right I was taught as you know you know you know go suck it up suck it up suck it up I was taught that but I was crying but there was no real evidence of why I was crying I was just crying just so your body's way of trying to release some of the tension Yes, and I just, I have, it's, it's as beautiful as my smile is, and it is gorgeous. Couldn't see it. I didn't see it. I, even, I couldn't even pass a mirror and get it. It'd be fake. I'd be in pictures like this. Isn't it, it was fascinating awful. to look back at those pictures through, a, through the new lens, and you see a completely different person? Because you didn't know that person existed. Like, you were just survival, right? Like, you're just trying yeah, to survive get and you thought you were faking it. You thought it was okay. And mm -hmm. you're going through the motions. And then you look back with that new, like revitalized eyes. And you're just, for me, my heart gets real, like just hurts for that version of myself. Yeah. Because it's just like, like oh. no one told me and no one gave me a hug and no one said it's okay. Just cry and let it out. Let me give you somebody to talk to. And at the same time, I look at her and I'm like, high five girl. Cause you did it. Yeah. Like you pulled out, you pulled through, like you are the most incredible human I know. Like, <laughs> and you're you like, if we can do it. that, hey. we can do anything. Hey. Yes. Hey, 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 yes, yes. Because we're in this. Also, yes. side note, your earrings are fabulous. Thank you. <laughs> I love them. I keep getting distracted by them. I think they are fabulous. I love that My you have a long enough neck. I love that you have a long enough neck to rock them. Yes. If I had them, they'd oh, sit on my shoulders. So cool. I think they're beautiful. Yeah. I digress. Yes. <laughs> so if I came to you as a friend or maybe as a client, and I was explaining to you all of those feelings that you just shared, like what would the first maybe piece of homework thing that you would give me to help me start steering the ship in the other direction to get control back? Wow, there's a few things. And you know, as, as you probably know, when you talk to people and you let them talk to you, you write things down and you're like, you handle things differently, right? But most of my clients, when I first meet them and that, that first consultation, 
I'll say something like their homework is usually write down your day. I want all from what the time you get up to the time you go to bed and I write, write down everything, write down your day. And then I'll say something or, or depending on what they're telling me, I'll say something like write down your best day. Can you remember a day when it was the best day ever? Write it down, please. Tell me what happened that day that that was the greatest day ever. And then the opposite. Tell me the worst day. Tell me a really bad day that you had. And then write all of those things down because writing is therapeutic. I don't know what it is about writing things down. It's very magical. And uh, then we come back. Visual, yeah. And then we come back the, next, the, the following session, let's say, and they will read the list. And I'm like, where are you on the list? Where are you on it? When did you take some time to think about what was happening to you that day? What was, where were you? And did you take time for yourself that day? What did you do for you? And then we get into what do you like to do? What makes you happy? Because it's not fair for you to ask the world to make you happy if you don't know no. what that is. That's not fair to people or the world, the universe. It, 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 all, that's not fair. And um, if you don't keep commitments to yourself, when we make these commitments and we get down to the nitty gritty and we start doing the work, and I said, if you don't keep these commitments to yourself, you don't have a right to complain about how people treat you and how your job treats you. You don't have a right to complain. Because I'm not him. Uh, I, I, yeah, you don't pay me to tell you what you want to hear. You pay me to tell you to get how to get better, right? But um, I, I start with, I think the answer to your question is, I used to start with, tell me about your day. Tell me about your best day, worst day. Let's write that down and let's get to, you know, what makes you happy, trying to dig through some layers. Because people kind of tell it, they, they sugarcoat things or they don't realize that they're blaming other people for all their misery and pain. And so we get to all of that, but I let, I have them write it down so they can see it. I love that. So right now, if you're resonating with Kendra's story, when she was sharing like what her body was experiencing and what the days looked like, I really encourage you to sit down and write out what an amazing day would look and feel and smell like for you right now, because when you're in it, Sometimes like you can't even imagine what a good day looks like anymore because it's yeah. been you haven't had one for so long. And so it might be hard. It might take you a few tries to really like figure out a good day. But the more you come back to that exercise and really keep imagining your best day ever, the clearer it gets. And it almost like shoots you up with like this false sense of like with this false energy because you're so excited to find your way to that day that you're like, oh, we can do this. Yes. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how we're going to go from where I'm at right now to there, but like that, I can feel it. Yeah. And that is itself is so powerful. Yeah. And so, then if you have them connect to their best day, then they were like, that was 10 years ago. Wow. Wow. And then they connect, they connected. It's like your best day ever was 10 years ago. Mine was the other day. Mine was Friday. Yeah best day ever i didn't go to work i was tired because i didn't feel like going and i, I had a wellness day a mental wellness I day because i had a really long day the day before and i was like you know what i don't have to do that i'll do that they'll be all right so i stayed at home and ate chocolate chip cookies and went and had movie day and that was my best day not ever but that was one of my good days and it was a good one that was friday that's the you know, other it's day. Also magical. It's magical the way it works is when you start focusing and thinking about like your best day ever, your brain, you're programming your brain and it like notices those moments in your day or where you can inject a moment of your best yeah. day and the opportunities are right there. And now you're primed and ready to go take them because your brain has the right like filter yeah. running and you're like, yes. oh, I'm what things are starting to feel better. 
Yeah, those neur- neurons are firing now. They're actually connecting. The RAS. The yeah. The RAS is a special thing. Earlier, you had mentioned that um, you started writing it all down. Yeah. And <laughs> so I think you turned all of those writings into a book, if I'm not mistaken. You are correct. Would you I keep, love I keep it here? <laughs> Will you share a little bit about your book, what someone can expect when they, re- why you wrote it, what they can expect when they read it, and like the value back to them for picking it up and opening the cover? I would love to hear that. Thank you, Tiffany. I appreciate that because as a teacher, I've always been a writer. I've always been, I've been writing since I was, you know, in, in high school, but I didn't understand the value of it because first it was therapy. Same reason people paint. Is the same reason people write. So it was therapy for me. So I'd write it all down. And me being a teacher, I wanted to share my story. So at first, my first book was my story, you know, my personal life and how I got, you know, you know, being a teenage mother and, you know, graduating high school and things like that. But this book was kind of like, you know, how did I get here? Everyone always asked me, how did you get here? How did you get here in this place, in this place? How did you get here? Ooh, it was a long story. So I just wrote down the long story and made it easier to follow, but I also wrote down what I did and some and six easy steps that I took to make sure that I could be the best version of me I could. And I, and love I related a good framework. Yeah. And so I it was six steps. It started out as six steps to successful teaching. That's how it started as an alliteration. And then that turned into like a workshop. Okay. And then that turned into a webinar. And so then I turned all of that into the book. And in the book, I talk about, I tell the stories of me, but I also tell the stories of teachers around me. And I tell people of people that I knew that didn't know that they were going through burnout or didn't know that they were stuck or how did they get unstuck. And then I found people that were uh, willing to, you know, test, give testimonies in here and say, you know, this is what she did for me and this is what it helped me. And after each chapter there, I don't know if you can see it, but there is a journal, a reflection journal that you can Excellent. write in about you know, how this affects you and how you can relate to it. What are you doing in this book that I was doing that I shouldn't have been doing? What can you do better in the next chapter to make it, you know, you know, more, you know, relatable to you? Because again, my journey is, is unique, but some of the problems I had were not. And so um, I use this as a tool to, because that's all I talk to is teachers. I realize that too. It's hard for me to talk to lawyers and, and nurses and doctors. It's hard for me to talk because we all have different journeys. And we all have different stress levels and we have our different stresses and triggers. But burnout is still the same, though. And when I've interviewed other people in other professions, they experience the exact same things that I was experiencing just in their field. So I just I just made it, you know, personal to me. I made it, you know, comparable to what I do in every in everyday life. And I call it teacher of the year. But as you can see, clearly, she's not she's not having a good day. But I call it teacher of the year because people are trying so hard to be perfect. And I was like, ah, I'm okay with being, um, you know, flawed. I'm okay with not being that, not having it all together. And I'm okay with not having messy plans on time. And I'm okay with all those things. If it, if it means that I'm okay physically and mentally, it'll get done. It'll get done when I get it done. But it's, I'm not going to kill myself trying to make other people happy and keep other people's goals as my personal agenda. My personal agenda is me first. First, do Kendra no harm. <laughs> Second, then I will take care of everybody else. Because if I don't take care of me, I cannot take care of you. I can't. I love that. Yeah. I love that that book is a, is a collection of stories, your own and those around you, 
other teachers, maybe some clients in there. And I love that there's actionable steps. So it's like, let me read the story a little bit and now let me apply this and figure out where my life is and work through that so that at the end of it, I'm a different person than when I started the book. I think that's absolutely amazing. How would someone go and find it? It's on Amazon. Amazon? It's on Amazon, yeah, it's on Amazon. Yeah, just look it up with my name. It is on Amazon. I have the audio version. The audio, I own the rights to the audio version. So the audio version is actually on Teachers Pay Teachers as a TPT. Um, but I can give you all those links because my email is often there. And once I drop all the, once you drop all my contact information, just contact me directly and I can give you all the links to okay. the audio book because you can't read and drive. It's illegal. So yeah, I have the audio version of me reading the book and um, uh, people want a copy of that as well. So yeah. Amazon. Awesome. I will put that in the show notes. And where is the best place if people want to follow you? What's the best platform and how do they connect with you on social? Um, my website is www.iamkendriaj.com. And that's a, you can, um, you can drop all that in the, in the info, in the info uh, about this, on uh, this episode. But I think the best way to get a hold of me is probably Insta. Okay. Insta at teacher of the year 13. I have to put 13 on it because there's apparently there's 12 other teachers of the year. I'm the best though. I love it. Um, but teacher of the year, no hyphens, no dashes, no dots, 13 at the end of that. And if you can find me there on Insta, then everything else is there. Even the book link is there. You know, cool. my information is there. So teacher of the year 13 on Insta. If you're interested in the book, grab the link in the show notes. Um, any, I have a whole page of notes. You guys know, I take notes every time I have a guest on here because we're all learning from everyone. Like Kendra and I both are burnout recovery experts, but it doesn't mean that there isn't something that we can learn from each other. So I encourage you to go back and listen to it again, take some notes with some fresh ears and Kendra, before we wrap up any final thoughts or words of wisdom you want to leave the listeners with today? Oh, wow. Um, Wow. Something just popped in. It said, um, something came across my, that pilgrims, we are pilgrims in this life. We're passing through. The days of our our lives are absolutely numbered. And do you really want to get to the end of your life and look back with a bunch of regrets of coulda, woulda, shouldas? You will never look back on your life and say, I should have spent more time at work. I should have, uh, um, you know, stayed extra times and, you know, took that work home with me. You will never do that. But the things that are important to you, your priorities or your values are the things that you take with you. And so thinking of uh, like, I have less years in front of me than I have behind me. And I don't want to waste that time, you know, trying to, you know, catch up with, with, with my life. No, I want to experience life to the fullest every single day because my days are absolutely number. I am here for a limited time only, and I do not want to waste it. I don't want to waste any moments being unhappy, being unfulfilled, being, uh, you know, not purpose-driven and filled with love and passion. And that's the way I want to live. And I want all of your listeners to live that way as well. Those are my words. Beautiful. Well, with that, everyone, we are two humans talking. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.